0: Hi, I'm Mark. Thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. I was asked a question by a person the other day about the baptism of the Spirit, and if there is only one baptism, or if there is actually a second baptism that takes place as a result of the laying on of hands as some theological circles teach. Well, I love those kinds of questions, and if you ever have one, please feel free to ask because they force me to dig into the scriptures to find the truth. And that's what this podcast is called, Words of Truth. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to find the truth in the Word of God and its proper interpretation. And so with that, let me dig into the topic with you. One of the scripture passages that some people use to teach a second filling of the Spirit is found in Acts chapter 8 verses 14 to 17. This is what it says. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, it is wrongly believed that this incident with the Samaritans constitutes some kind of a second filling of the Spirit by the laying on of hands. First of all, I want you to notice in verse 16 that the Spirit hadn't fallen on them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, how could this be a second filling when they had not received the first filling? Now, the question is, why hadn't they received the spirit when they were baptized? From the context of the passage, I believe it's because the the conversion of the Samaritans focuses on the issue of unity in the church in the face of possible schisms along religious and ethnic lines. I hope you got that last phrase that I just said. Go back if you didn't get it, because this is key. Now. Philip, let me give you the context, Philip was the one who went into Samaria and preached the gospel after the scattering due to persecution in chapter 8. Now remember who Philip is. Philip was one of the 12 apostles, but we have no indication that his preaching in Samaria was discussed by or authorized by the 12 the apostles as a group who were still back in Jerusalem. Now it's no secret that there was no love lost between the Jews and the Samaritans of the first century. The Samaritans couldn't prove their lineage as Jews because they had intermarried with other people and so the Jews didn't accept them as one of their own. And in this context the divine withholding of the spirit until the arrival of Peter and John who were the two primary leaders in the Jerusalem church was the Lord's way of confirming to the apostles that he had extended the invitation of the Spirit to the Samaritans and that there should be no division between the Jews and the Samaritans in the church or between Peter, John, and Philip, the authorized apostles. And the laying on of Peter's and John's hands is evidence of that unity that is happening in all of it. Now, this is foundational teaching that is seen throughout the book of Acts. And these verses have to be interpreted within the context in view and in, in the context in view and not to support a particular theological preference. Remember, this is God establishing the first century church, which included all people of all nations. And God gave certain evidences of what he was trying to establish. Another proof text that people use, that there is a second filling, is Acts chapter 19, verses 1-7. to While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived, arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so Paul asked, then, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one, and one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. Now here's the context. This is happening in Ephesus where Paul came across twelve men who had received the baptism of John the Baptist, but didn't know much about Jesus yet. And so Paul explained to them that John prophesied that Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah and would baptize his followers in the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. These men accept Paul's explanation and they're baptized. We just read that and then Paul lays his hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. Now the issue in this passage is that first of all the men are baptized before they receive the Holy Spirit. And second they speak in tongues and prophesy. Those are the issues the two issues. First of all it's not the first time people have been baptized before receiving the Holy Spirit. We already saw it in the explanation of Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, it showed the Samaritans that they had the same faith as the Jews did and they were a part of the same church. In Acts chapter 19, it's likely that Paul had assistants who baptized these men in order to prevent divisions and to keep the focus on Christ. You can read about that in 1st Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 14 to 17. You see, when the men make the choice to follow Christ, they're baptized as a public affirmation of that choice. And Paul affirms their choice and their newfound unity with this message about Christ by laying hands on them. And at that point, the Holy Spirit comes to validate Paul's message and their salvation. Now, the second part is when they start speaking in tongues and prophesying. And this is nothing more than the Holy Spirit validating Paul's message and giving a physical evidence of his presence. Now, we no longer live in the area where we need a visible display to validate the Spirit's word. Again, remember that this took place during the founding of what we know as the church today. Rather, today the Holy Spirit manifests himself in explicit ways as he wills But he comes to everyone at the moment of salvation. Water baptism is the rite in which the church affirms the person's decision to follow Christ. Usually, the baptism candidate in most churches will give evidence of their salvation through a testimony of faith. And this takes place, and this takes the place of tongues. And the scriptures that validated their testimony take the place of prophesying. Furthermore, there is absolutely no indication or command in Scripture that what happened in these passages is to be repeated, that they were actions for a particular people during a particular age of time for a particular purpose as described above. Now, there is the teaching in Scripture that we need to be continually filled with the Spirit. We find that in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is do not get drunk with wine Which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit Literally the greek text reads and i'm going to paraphrase it in english uh, Keep being filled with the spirit continually Now I refer to this as the anointing of the spirit This is not something that comes as a second filling or by the laying on of hands, but rather is a responsibility of every single believer to be walking in the power of the Spirit on a continual basis, and especially during times of spiritual service unto him. We receive this filling by faith, because when we ask for the Spirit's power, we do so out of obedience to this command. And it is a prayer that he will always answer, for the Scripture says, apart from me, you can do nothing, John 15, 5. You see, at salvation, we're given the Holy Spirit who places us squarely into the family of God. And then as we walk in him, we are being continually filled or empowered by the Spirit in order to do his will. So, my friend, go in the power of the Spirit this week. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week.